are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Coffee with Kim. I invite you to journey with me to a new day. I believe God has led you to this moment and this place because he is about to bring purpose and potential to your story. So join thousands of women and men from around the globe who have discovered how powerful their stories become once Christ touches them with his purpose. Don't you long to make this same discovery? Then grab your coffee, scoot in, and join me as we let God's Word reveal how every part of your past has been preparing you for this very moment. Who do you recall encouraging you? You know, giving you those words, maybe that at a girl, at a boy. Or maybe just giving you that nod that made you feel like you could. Today, my guest is someone who gave me my first nod toward sharing my story. She talks a lot about how others have encouraged her, and she's written many books on how to encourage. But, friends, she is the model of actually being a provider of such encouragement. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee Conversations of Friends of Faith to Encourage and Equip. I'm Kim Crable, your host, and delighted and honored to have you with us today. Today, I am blessed to welcome to our program the first ever professional speaker to hear my story. I invited her as our first outside guest to speak at our Roses and Rainbows conferences. And unfortunately, maybe to her, that meant she would have to listen to my story first. I asked her in advance to jot down any way she found that I could do better with my presentation. After a wonderful day of seeing all that God had done through her and her speaking, I found the courage to ask her about my presentation. I can still hear her words today as clearly as she said them on that day. Oh, my dear one, you drew me in in such a way that I forgot I was supposed to be critiquing you. So I would say to you, Just keep doing it the way you did it today. Friends, that was over 20 years ago, and it still almost makes me cry to think about the encouragement that she poured into that little person who was so fearful of getting it all wrong and made me feel like God had made it all right. Who is the catalyst of such encouragement? She is an inspirational speaker and award-winning author of 25 solo or co-authored books in addition to numerous articles and short stories. She holds a master's degree from the Eastern Michigan University and says a PhD from the School of Hard Knocks. Her career includes 15 years as a public school teacher on a grief counseling team and years in Christian ministry that includes several years as a senior editor of Focus on the Family magazine. Friends of Coffee It is such an honor and a privilege for me today to welcome to our show from Colorado Springs, my friend, Sandra Aldridge. Sandra, I can barely get through that without tears thinking about what you have meant in my life and how you were really that first person that let me know it was okay to share who I really was. Thank you, my friend, for joining me. Oh, my goodness, Kim, what? A privilege it is to be here with you, and I was choked up listening to that. I remember that time, and you are phenomenal. You were then, you are now, and it's just humbling to think that I had any part of that. And we (laughs) did have fun, and I met your husband and your sons, Trey and Austin, and we just had a great time together, so... Suddenly, 20 years have just flown by, and here we are again. This is wonderful. It is. It is. And you've, you've, you've stayed with me through all those years. And, and I look at all that, you've, you, all that you've done, Sandra, and all you've accomplished. You just never stop with your encouragement. And I remember when we were talking about this show, and there were so many different ways, this program, there were so many different ways that we could go with, with the writing and the knowledge and the wisdom that you have. But we settled on probably 
encouragement and maybe then talking a little bit about grief. But you, um, I just felt like the world is just in, in such need of encouragement today. And so we, we just landed on this topic, the power of encouragement. And, boy, do we ever need that. So let me just, let's just start out by answering this question, Sandra. What, what is encouragement? We hear about it all the time, but what is encouragement? I am convinced that encouragement is, it is verbal power. It changed my life when I was a child. Encouragement is so important to me because I didn't get much in uh, in my childhood and beyond family, of course. And I know the difference that it's made in my life, and I still need it, even even though I'm 123 now, or at least feel like <laughs> it some days. And that's what we need to understand. I don't want to be like that dear old husband who loved his wife so much, he almost told her. And <laughs> we need to understand the power that we have, the God-given power to let a person know that, yes, today's tough, but keep hanging on to the Lord. You will get through this. And I want to stress, I am not one of the, one of those folks that say, oh, well, happy, clappy day. Everything's great. God right. is good, yes. And he is good mm-hmm. even when tears are running down my cheeks. And I am convinced there are times that he weeps with us. So we mustn't think that, wow, if I get some encouragement, everything's great. No, it's just that we have a new weapon to go through life. And so please look around at the folks that you can encourage listeners. All of us need that encouragement, and all of us have the power to give it and to change a life. You know, Sandra, that's what I love so much about um, what you do and what how the Bible talks about encouragement. I think about that, and I think, you know, I'm not a great singer. I'm not there. I can make a list of all the things I'm not, but I can be an encourager. That's something because um, I mean that those those are words of really speaking the kindness or whatever we see in those around us. I mean that that's something that we can all. Uh, train ourselves to to be. I, I love I love that thought, and I love what you said. Verbal power. I love that verbal power. Well, you talk about how you were encouraged um, at a at a young age. I think you talk about when you're around twelve. Uh, you said you had a three minute conversation. Tell us about that because that's a that's a little bit of time to still be remembering. Just like with with twenty years ago when you encouraged me, you don't forget moments like that. So what what is this about this? Um, your neighbor's niece when you were about 12 years old? Oh, my. I am originally from southeastern Kentucky, my beloved Harlan County, and I love the Appalachian Mountains, and I love Mm -hmm. the dear folks there. Just talk about the salt of the earth. And Mm -hmm. on my sixth birthday, though, I was kidnapped out of there, but it was legal. I was kidnapped by my parents. And we moved north to Michigan because that's where the jobs were back then. And um, that area of Michigan was not was not happy about all the Appalachians moving in. Only, sadly, they didn't call us Appalachians. And it was just tough. And back then the teachers didn't have to be politically correct. And... Um, They could um, say unkind things about the way that we talked, the way that Mm. we said uh, all, so, tall. You can tell I'm bilingual. And um, (laughs) and I always say I speak Appalachian in English. But I just was so put down by the system in that area. And, uh, And I was terrorized of teachers. And so I ran errands all the time for an elderly neighbor. And I went over one day the summer before we, uh, I was going into 
what we called back then junior high, going into seventh grade. And there was her school teacher, niece, Doris Schumacher, and she greeted me. And uh, she said, Aunt Minnie tells me that you're going into junior high. Tell me, what do you like to study? And I looked at her. I couldn't believe she was being so nice. And I stammered, well, I, I like history and I like to read. And she said, oh, that's splendid. She said, I teach I teach social studies and English back in Minneapolis. What have you read this week? And I told her. And she said, excellent choices, excellent. And then oh. her many came back into the room with a little grocery list, and I said goodbye and turned to go, but Doris called me back, and she said, I would assume that you're nervous about going into junior high. Oh, but don't be. You'll do just fine. And oh. I walked out that door with straighter shoulders at 12 years mm-hmm. old. I walked around just kind of front shouldered all the time because I was told I was nothing all the time. And here mm-hmm. was Doris saying, giving me hope. And I walked across the street, told my parents that I was going uptown then to get the little groceries for our neighbor. And I said, you know, one of these days I'm going to be a teacher just like Doris. And uh, I did because of that encouragement. And, in fact, I was the first woman in our extended family who went to college four years and beyond. Mm -hmm. It was lovely. And years later, and Doris kept up with me over the years. She was my cheerleader. She'd send me a note. She'd call occasionally. And we were in New York, and I was an editor at Christian Herald Magazine, associate editor, and I was talking to her on this snowy day, and she was telling me over the phone how proud she was of me. And I said, Doris, I said, my goodness, you're a big part of this. And I told her about that day when I was 12 years old and how she empowered me with her words and how I became an educated woman and a taught school in a Detroit suburb, and I had become an editor, and, 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 and she interrupted me. And she said, oh, my dear, no. I met you when you were 15, and you came to the hospital to visit Aunt Minnie. And I said, oh, no, Doris, I was 12. And I described oh. the room and the day and told her what she said, And then her reply was, oh, my dear, I'm so sorry. I don't remember that at all. And I laughed and I said, oh, that's all right, Doris. That morning only changed my life. She didn't remember a conversation that set me on a new path. And she didn't get up that morning and look in the mirror and say, "Ah, today I'm going to change the life of a fat, stringy-haired little kid with a bad lisp. No, she just was who she was, just being who she was, spreading her knowledge, her strength through her verbal power. And that's Mm. what all of us have the power to do. We don't know what's going on in the lives of other people, but if we give a smile, if we say thank you as they open the door, as we just let them know that better days are ahead, powerful, powerful, life-changing things happen. And that's what I want people to know. So many people say, well, I can't do anything. And I, I say, well, can you smile at somebody? Can you just let them know? that you mm. see them, and especially as, yeah. so many times I think now that I'm getting older and I've stopped dyeing my hair, people <laughs> don't see me at times. Now, I'm a big woman. How can they not see me? But that's what happens. So many yeah. folks can relate to that. 
but yeah. good things are ahead, and we have that power to be part of those good things. Yeah. Oh, gosh, everything you said there, I know people are just, I mean, it's just like honey over us, just what you're saying. But, but here's the thing, it's, Sandra, that I feel like that we need to really address today is that, okay, we, I heard that story, and it's like, I mean, all of us want, want to be that person who, you know, encourages or redirects someone's day or their thought or makes them feel better about themselves. So here's the thing. If we think, what, why is it such a battle, do you think? Why is it it's like how many times I've been in a situation, now I've learned, I've learned better, uh, or I'm trying to force myself to, to say what I'm thinking if it's positive towards someone, what it, why is it so difficult for us to step out and just say something kind to someone when we feel it? What, why do you think that's such a battle? I think it's fear because we don't yeah. know how that person will react. And we've, mm-hmm. again, when I'm speaking to myself here, I've got to stop making another person's decision for them by thinking of how they'll react. And, you know, I do, I, I talk about here now that I'm um, 123 years old, but, <laughs> and I'm kidding people, don't panic out there. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, I, I have learned that, that now that I'm older, and, of course, being from Kentucky, we use the word honey a lot. And I found mm-hmm. out I can get away with a lot if I just preface whatever I'm saying with honey or baby or sugar, you know, and I don't say baby or sugar to men, but nonetheless. And I always say, now, honey, thank you for doing that. That really helped me a lot. Thank you. And we need to understand that our role is for us to react the right way, to encourage them and not try to, second guess what their reaction will be. Whatever their reaction is, that's on them. That's not on us. Mm. If we do the right thing, we we don't know what difference we're making. I, I still remember years ago, I was hurrying to the post office, and this was when I was much younger, and there was a woman who came in, and I held the door for her, And uh, she was, I still remember she was wearing this beautiful pink sweater that matched the natural pinkness of her cheeks. And I looked Mm -hmm. in and I said, oh my, you look so pretty today. I hope the rest of your day will be splendid because you have certainly started mine well. And I didn't think about it anymore. And I went right on, but before I went on, she said, oh, honey, you don't know how much that means to me. Now, if I had known I was going to be using this someday as an illustration, I would have stopped and said, oh, tell me what's going on. But I didn't. I just said, oh, well, I'm glad because you do look so pretty. Now, I don't know. Maybe that morning she got up, looked in the mirror and said, well, Lord, here I am. I'm 85 years old today, and nobody's called me, and nobody's sent me a card, and nobody even sees me. And then she goes mm-hmm. on to the post office, and here's somebody in a hurry but stops and sees her. So we yeah. don't know what's going on in the lives of others. And mm-hmm. I have so many thoughts that run through my head when I think about encouragement. I think about Doris, of course, but I also think about a Mexican mother, grandmother, who mightily encouraged me. She didn't know what was going on in my life, but my husband had died. He died at 39 of brain cancer. I had not signed on for life to hand me that. And when I speak at grief seminars, I always say, I don't know why God in his loving wisdom allowed a young, much-needed, godly husband and father to be taken. Then I pause and I say, 
Why, honey, I could have given God a long list of people he was welcome to pick five or six from. And, of course, the audience is shocked, and then they laugh because I have said what we all think. Why him, Lord? Why her? Why now? And yet God is with us. And so here I was, was left with, excuse me, a 10-year-old son, he had just turned 10, and an eight-and-a-half-year-old daughter, and I didn't have a clue how I was going to single-parent these children. I mean, how does a woman raise a boy to be a man? And I was terrified. Mm. And yet I was just saying, help, Lord, help. The most profound prayer we can pray is one word, help. Mm. And I hope it's followed by thank you. And so we were on a church trip, and Jay, at that time he was about 11, and I was constantly losing him. And Holly was so terrorized of all these new things that she was just, it was was as though she was glued to me. And so we were in um, uh, supper lines, and one of the, um, we were waiting for the restrooms, and one of the men from the church had Jay in his line, and he had his big hand on Jay's shoulder. He was not letting Jay get away. And Holly was glued to my front again, and I was leaning against her, and I was thinking, Lord, this this little trip was a mistake. And Lord, and then it went into my widowhood is a mistake, and soon it escalated into I'm a mistake. And so yeah. outwardly I was calm, but all of these Thoughts were swirling around. And on sharing our bus was a group from Mexico City. And so we had our guide. They had their Spanish-speaking guide. And so we kind of nodded and smiled at uh, each other all day long. And she came out of the restroom and she passed me as I supposedly was calmly resting against my daughter. And this Mexican mother patted my arm. She had seen me all day tripping over Holly and frantically looking around for Jay. And she patted my arm and she said in her haunting English, you good mama. And then she went on. And it was just as though God himself had stepped Mm. in through her words and said, oh, stop it. I'm here. You can do this because I'm with you. And you don't have to keep beating yourself up. And that's Mm. just it. When we are discouraged, we are giving a portion of our being over to the enemy. I won't even use his so-called proper name because he's horrible. And he does go around seeking who he can destroy. And so many times he destroys us through our own thoughts, our own weariness. And so we need to just take a deep breath, say, okay, Lord, I don't get it. I don't like it. But I believe that you are with me. So help. Please help. Mm-hmm. That's that's the yes. exciting thing about yeah. encouragement. That Mexican grandmother, she didn't know what was going on in my mind. She just shared yeah. what she had seen, and she encouraged mm-hmm. me. And what a powerful difference. So I want us all to look even during these times of isolation, to look for ways to encourage other folks. Mm. Gosh, do we ever need it? And I, I, I think about everything you said, and, God, you know, it's, it, those are things that we can all do. It's finding the courage to do it. Sandra, we're going to have to take a 30-second break. And then, you know, for our listeners, I want you to know that a lot of the things that she's talking about well, are from many of the books, all of her wisdom that she has uh, documented that are just 
they're humorous, as you can hear the way uh, Sandra presents, but they are so meaty. And one of the things that I love most about Sandra and your writing is that it comes from life experiences. You're talking about things that you've experienced and you make the Bible so real that we know that it works. And so we're talking a lot, uh, listeners, from her book called Bless Your Socks Off, which I absolutely love. It's the cutest cover. But there's so many others. Um, Honey, hang in there um, from one single mom to another, Bible Encounters. There's so many books that she's written. So I want you to, not not now, but after we finish uh, the show, go and, and go on to Amazon and just look at the list of her writings. But this one, um, unleashing the power of encouragement. Bless your socks off. I just devoured uh, again this weekend. I've gone through and just marked up. And you know, when we get back, Sandra, I, I was hoping to maybe talk about these some of the things that zap the encouragement from us. I love that chapter on on the uh, encouragement stealers. But but my heart. Before we get there, I, I want to turn that a little bit. After our thirty second break, let's talk about Sandra. Let's go back to the moment where you had lost your husband. Um, I think that that's a, that my heart is just pulling toward that now and where you were and, and how you were feeling. And what did you do to encourage yourself? What did you do to, to pull yourself through that? Because I have a feeling there are a lot of listeners today. I mean, you know, through the COVID, we've lost so many people, um, so many things that are going on. And, and you know, we lose people physically and, and um, emotionally, you know, through all these things. So is that okay with you when we get back that we just go into some of the ways you encourage yourself after after that losing your beloved husband? That That is perfect. I want okay. the Lord to use my pain and bring his good out of it. So if I can encourage folks through my experience, yes, thank you. Absolutely. Okay, friends, listeners, we're going to be back in 30 seconds, and we're going to be talking about the ways that you can encourage yourself through maybe some of the grief that you're going through. So we'll be right back. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee, Conversations of Friends of Faith to Encourage and Equip. My name is Kim Crable, and I'm delighted, delighted to have you join us today. Before we get back with our incredible guest on speaking on the topic of the power of encouragement, Sandra Aldridge, I wanted to remind you that if you'd like to know more about who I am and the ministry in which we have, please check us out at kimcrable.org or rosesandrainbows.org. We'd also like to invite you to uh, visit us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash roses and rainbows. There you'll be able to see about all of our radio shows and TV programs that we're able to been blessed to be able to to be able to share what God means to us and and the, his healing power and his unconditional love and yes the encouragement that he uses uh, to to keep us going keep us to keep on keeping on and to provide us with such incredible people like today's guest Sandra Aldridge Sandra thank you again I know you're up early and um, I just thank you so much for for taking the time we a full hour with Sandra Aldridge is amazing. So thank you, friends, so much for joining us again today. Oh, Kim, this is my happy privilege. And uh, mm-hmm. your listeners know I'm the type of person that if you ask me how to, if you ask me, I'm sorry, if you ask me what time it is, first I have to tell you how to make a watch. So <laughs> you know I love talking, so this is a wonderful privilege. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you- we all love listening to what you have to say. Well, Sandra, you know what? You are such you are so filled with encouragement. I, I do believe that you look for every opportunity to speak that verbal power into other people. 
but you haven't always you haven't always felt that. And as you alluded to earlier, um, the loss of your beloved husband, 39 years old, what a young man he was. So can you, because I know that there's so many people who are listening that have loss or facing loss, can you take us back and tell us how you used God's word, how you, what did you do to get through that, uh, like, as you said, something you didn't sign up for? You know, my Kentucky grandmother, Mama Farley, she used to say, Honey, there are some things in life that all you can do with them is bear them. Mm. And, yes, that's the truth. But you know what? We bear them best if we're hanging on to the Lord. And so we just say, Father, God, help me. I can't do this. And I'm, I'm so grateful that I was taught early to memorize scripture because there are times that we just feel as though we can't sit and read scripture. We're just, we're wrung out, we're hurting, and our very being is just crying out help. And so I would concentrate on verses that I had that I had learned as a child. And I, I thought about, Philippians 4 9 and uh, never thought I would need this verse but you better believe I was hanging on to it when I came home from the hospital that day to tell two little kids that their dad had died Philippians 4 9 says but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And that's from the King James Version. I love that God said that he will supply all of our need, not our needs, but our need. And that includes everything. And so many times as I was crying and I would just say, even this need, Lord, You know, it sounds archaic and and unbelievable, but I had never balanced the checkbook before Don died. Mm -hmm. He he taught accounting. He thought it was great fun to balance a checkbook to the penny every month. (laughs) Frankly, I think that's a little sick, but nonetheless. (laughs) And and people, people would ask me, well, have you reconciled the the checkbook yet? And I'd think, why do I have to reconcile myself to it? I'm not mad at it. And uh, (laughs) so I've come a long way from those really scary days of not even knowing how to balance a checkbook. But I was Mm. always turning to the Lord, just, you got to help me with this. Sometimes he'd give me a fresh idea. Sometimes he'd lead me to a book. Sometimes he'd have a cousin step in and say, hey, let me help you with this. And so we need to have scripture as part of our very being and know that it's okay not to do everything right. One of my great Mm -hmm. blessings, my first book editor was John Sherrill, of all people. And Mm -hmm. you know, of course, that. He and his wife, Elizabeth, wrote um, for many people, wrote their stories, such as Corey Timboon's The Hiding Place, etc. And he mm-hmm. called during the illness, Don's illness, just to see how things were going. And I poured my heart out and I said, oh, John, why can't my Christian walk just be a walk? I, I just, I want to be a good I want to be a good witness in all this. And he actually kind of harumphed. And he said, who told you it's supposed to be a walk? It's a slugfest. And again, encouragement. And I thought, Mm -hmm. that's right. We've got to stop thinking that we have to go through life saying, oh, wow, this is wonderful, Lord, that this tragedy has come into my life. And Philippians mm. 4, 4 said I should rejoice always, so I will rejoice. No, Philippians 4, 4 says rejoice in the Lord always. Mm. Mm. And we forget that. We're not supposed to yes. go through life 
happy clappy. We're supposed mm-hmm. to go through the, the this tough life hanging on to the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. And that doesn't mean that we have to say, wow, God, thanks for this really rotten day. But we can say, thank you, Lord, that I do not pray to err. Thank you that you are with me. Thank you that you understand my hurting heart because you created this heart. Thank you that you love my children even more than I do. You love my grandchildren even more than I do. I don't have to understand that, Kim, but I trust right. it. it he, his love is greater than mine. And so we walk with him, and we know that it's okay to cry. You know, so yeah. many times, well, I remember one woman in, in uh, Bless Your Socks Off, Unleashing the Power of Encouragement, in that chapter called When You Think Life is Over, I talked about a woman at church, dear woman. She had been at the funeral, and uh, later, when we were getting ready to move to New York three and a half years later, when she was saying goodbye to me at church, and she said, I must tell you what a wonderful witness you've been to think that you never cried when your husband died. Now, Kim, Mm. Mm. that was not true. Because I did right. cry. And I yes. could have just smiled and said, oh, thank you, dear lady. But instead, I told her the truth. And I said, I'm sorry to disappoint you. I said, but um, I did cry. And I even screamed a few times. And I mm-hmm. said, but God understands that. Jesus himself wept. And there are so many times I think about his weeping. He wept at the Garden of Gethsemane. He wept over Jerusalem. And we need to understand he is our perfect example that, yes, yes. it's okay to cry. And I told her, I, I said, I'm, I'm sorry. I know because she looked astonished. And I said, it's just that you didn't see me cry. I said, but believe me, I did. And I said, I didn't cry at the funeral because I had two little kids sitting right there next to me. And I knew if I started crying, I wasn't going to stop for a while. And Mm. you know, I went on and I said, "I, I, um, I do apologize, but what I'm telling you is the truth. And sadly, as a human being, we all have these times where we must cry. And I said, yeah. when your time comes, please know it's okay. And sadly, mm-hmm. I was right. Two years later, her daughter and um, her daughter's husband had been trying for years to have a baby. Many miscarriages. Finally, they brought a baby to full term, but in the last two minutes of delivery, that sweet, precious baby went into fetal distress and died. And my dear friend that I call Rachel in the book, she was there with her daughter. She could cry with her daughter, hold her daughter, and just sob, and it was okay. See what a disservice I would have done if I had played the game when she had told me two years before how impressed she was that I hadn't cried. If I had played a game with her, she would not have been able to comfort her daughter and share her own grief at the loss of this precious little life. We need to understand that, yes, Jesus wept. It's okay for us to weep. And um, these, imagine how guilty my so-called Rachel would have felt if she'd been weeping with her daughter and thinking that she wasn't being a good Christian because she was weeping. Guilt is yeah. so ugly, and it's such a deep part of the grief process. Mm. Guilt is, yes. What about this, Sandra? What if 
what if what if you're just and you know I, I know a lot of people right now, which is so understandable in the grief process, and encourage those that might be listening today that are just kind of in that kind of an angry stage. How would you encourage them? Oh my! Oh. I mean, no. like when you've lost a child, or you know, of course you lost oh, the husband, oh, uh, but you've horrible. lost a child or grandchild, I mean, how, you know, there there is a period that of, of being angry that you, you pass through. How would you encourage that? Because that's where the guilt comes on. Because I'm talking about believers, those who believe, church going, go to church, they serve, you know, and I guess in our minds, we do kind of think that we, we uh, even though we know the Bible, some, something in our minds almost makes us feel like, well, I'm, do, I'm doing everything right, you know, everything's going to be okay, but but like we've already talked about, of course, we know from the scriptures that it's not always going to be okay. But there is that uh, disappointment and that anger. So how do you, how do you, how would you encourage someone today that's just like, God, what? Did you just leave me? Did you forget? Did you go to sleep? What? Why didn't you protect my child? Why didn't you protect my grandchild? I mean, how would you encourage that person? Because that's that's pain that I've never had to walk through, but I've I've held other people's hands through it. And and, and it is awful. It I I just I think about Don's death, my my husband's death, and and now here I am older with grown children, Jay and Holly grew up and then they are wonderful and they're married and I still worry about them. I know Christians aren't supposed to worry, but I'm sorry, I do. <laughs> and and I have two incredible grandsons and yes, mm-hmm. even though Jay and Holly are grown, I'm concerned. And now here are these wonderful lives through the grandsons, and there's so much ahead for them. And to think that that would be lost it is just horrifying. And so how do we get through that? And that's just it. We never get over things. And when people who haven't lost are saying, well, when are you going to get over this? You don't. Mm. You get through it. You get through it by hanging on to the Lord. And when you're angry, go ahead and yell. Now, I hope not in public, but in those (laughs) times when you're alone and you're honest with God, he knows our hearts. He knows what we're thinking anyway. So just talk to him. Yell at him. And then after revealed and complained and cried, he doesn't say, well, I'm done with you if you don't think Mm -hmm. I'm perfect all the time. No, he doesn't do that. He holds out loving arms and he says, come here, honey. Come here, daughter. Mm -hmm. Come here, son. And he pulls us close to his loving heart. And he says, Mm -hmm. I am here. Now, I don't know. I don't know why things happen. I don't. I wish Mm. God were open to my suggestions because they are good. But he (laughs) is truth and he is love and he is sovereign and he is in charge. And my job is to show up and to share my heart and know that we have the Holy Spirit when we can't talk, when our anger, when our pain is so deep that we can't even verbalize it. We have the Holy Spirit, according to Scripture, translate all of our groans, our sighing, our sobs, and present them to the Father. And he Mm. hears us. Mm. And again, I think there are times he just grieves with us. And he's saying, Trust me, child, trust me. Now, it took me a long time. I'm a stubborn woman, and it took me a long time to get to the point where I obeyed him. Now I just say, you mark the spot on the floor, and I'll stand there. But trust Mm -hmm. continues to be an issue. Trust is tough, even for those of us who, who just 
love the Lord, know that he is sovereign, know that he is loving, trust is still an issue. And that's why we have to pray all the time and just say, Father God, help. Please help. Mm -hmm. But anger, he's not surprised by anger. He knows what Mm -hmm. our hearts hold. So just keep talking, folks. I still talk Mm -hmm. to him all the time Mm -hmm. about things that make me angry. And I've Mm -hmm. got to live. (laughs) Well, I think you've just encouraged a lot of people Because I think so many times we feel like that we can't be authentic even with God And it's it's like you said, I've learned, he he knows And I think Sandra, so many times with my boys I remember um, when they were little ones I wanted them talking to me even if they were angry I wanted to know, at least it's keeping the communication open Don't you think? At least there's you know, I haven't backed out of the relationship or they ha- haven't run away. So I feel like God, even even if we're angry, we're talking to him. And I think that's what he longs for more than anything. Oh, my, yes. And, Kim, you are so right. And we know that when Jesus said, come unto me, he did not say, come with a smile on your face. He did not say, yeah. come without, without tears. He just said, come, and holding out welcoming arms. And and I say in the, excuse me, I always say in the Aldrich transition of the Bible, he's actually saying, haul it on in here, honey, now let's talk. <laughs> and that's what he wants us to do is to talk to him. And then yeah. the sweetness as as. As we listened to him, I remember Don had been um, a tennis player, champion tennis player in, in his school and college. And then later he was a tennis coach, loved playing the, the sport, and he was very ill, and I was doing laundry. And I looked out, it was a beautiful, beautiful day. He should have been out playing tennis. And I looked out the front door, and our neighbor across the street came bounding down his steps with his tennis racket, and he jumped into his car, and off he was going to the to the to the court. And I just stood there, hurting, hurting, and I was saying, "Why isn't Don able to do that?" And Within my my mm. spirit, I wasn't yelling verbally, but mm. I was yelling in my spirit, and I was yeah. yelling at God. And then yeah. I had the good sense to be quiet. And within my spirit, I just heard that loving whisper of, I am here. And he wasn't there in the way I wanted him to be, but he mm. was with us. And that helps wow. so much us to complain to God. You know, his shoulders are big. He can handle yeah. my grace. Oh, absolutely. Oh, gosh. Shanda, I knew, this, I knew our time was going to go by so fast, and we, we're, we're, we're coming down to the last 10 minutes. And one of the things I really wanted to do, I want to end our show. I want to end this with the, your last chapter of Bless Your Socks Off, Unleashing the Power of Encouragement with I want you to share the greatest encouragement of all. But before we get there, I just wanted to, um, I want again for us to encourage our listeners to be a source of encouragement. I want you to, uh, if you will, and, and in this, I want you to share some of the books that you've written and I want you to share the ways that, you know, they can, can reach you. But, you know, I still want to go back to and hit this one more time is that, We each have the power within us, the verbal power, as you said, that I'm going to use that a lot. I love that. To to today, we can effectively start using this as soon as we walk out our homes or in our offices or wherever. So I want you to please just encourage people again and how how, uh, meaningful that is, what a meaningful part of their lives that is, and, and helping them to be able to have the courage to encourage. You know, especially now. I mean, a little over a year ago, did we ever dream 
that we would be facing this nightmare, that we would lose 2020, and now here we are into the middle of March, and we're still dealing with this awfulness and saying, how did this happen? And we have choices, and we have to choose well. We can just be bitter about this, and we... We have an expression in Kentucky, and I'm sure it's all over um, the South as well. We have this expression, now, don't be ugly. And we don't mean physically. We mean don't be ugly in attitude. And it is easy to have an ugly attitude. Um, Mm. I... My daughter was telling about, of course, we all wear masks here, and rightly so, and please, listener, don't don't um, email me and complain about the fact that I wear a mask. I'm not only doing that to protect myself, but to protect others who might be vulnerable. Yeah. And my daughter was telling me about being at the store, and she could hear a woman screaming, at somebody else who didn't have a mask on. Now, just stay out of that person's way, folks. Don't make a big scene. And we've all seen on on the Internet videos, oh, my goodness, you can't breathe without having somebody taking a video nowadays. Um, And that's an aside, and I apologize. But anyway, (laughs) and we've all seen the videos of fistfights in stores We can encourage people by just not having an ugly attitude. We can be a good example. We can encourage people by just being nice, by holding the door, by seeing them, by the the elderly person. It's funny. Elderly is a lot older now. It gets older every year as I get older. But when yeah. when we drop a box of cereal, you pick it up, and you don't complain and say, well, you, I can't believe you couldn't even get that. You just say, here you go, honey. And that's what I love about being from Kentucky. Honey um, certainly takes care of a lot, of, a, multitude of, a multitude of sins, as we like to say. <laughs> no, know that you do have power, and so use it. Don't go through life slump-shouldered saying, I'm nothing, I'm nobody, I guess I'll just go eat worms. Don't do that. (laughs) We have a God-given power to change our days because of our attitude, and even beyond that, to change the days and maybe the lives of somebody else. So straighten those shoulders, head up high, hang on to the Lord and say, yes, we're going into this day together, Lord. Mm, how beautiful. I, I was straightening myself up and, as you were saying that. It's like I, not just just <laughs> having someone say those words reminds you. Sandra, you know how much I love you. And let, let's just tell our um, listeners, how how can they reach you if they would like to? Uh, we know all of your books are on Amazon, and, and listeners, I do hope that you'll just order one of each or maybe two of each. I pro- promise you, you will not regret it. I have them. I think I have them all. But um, what? how can they reach you, Sandra? Please understand, I'm not a therapist, I'm not a counselor, and I cannot spend hours on the phone. So I do mm-hmm. ask that people not call me. But certainly you're welcome to email Uh me, and it's at boldwords at AOL.com. And the fact that it's AOL, you know that I've had that uh, that email (laughs) for decades. But Mm -hmm. And I I don't answer right away, and I, I, again, I can't be a best friend, but I can just let you know that I hear you. I can pray through email. And when I say that I'll pray, I do pray. Especially, I'm I'm blessed that I sleep well at night. But during those times that I wake up in the middle of the night and I can't fall back to sleep, 
I just say, okay, Lord, who should I pray for? And then I fall asleep after several minutes praying. What better way to fall asleep right in the middle of a prayer? And the Lord doesn't say, well, you fell asleep while you were talking to me. He just says, good. (laughs) He likes that. I think he likes that. Sandra, we have just a couple minutes left. In the end of uh, your last chapter, Bless Your Socks Off, um, you talk about the greatest encouragement of all. Can you take just a minute and share with our listeners the greatest encouragement of all? You know, I I talk about several situations where people had just days or even a few minutes to live and how the gospel was shared with those people and the power and the difference that it made Mm -hmm. for both the hearer and the talker. But the greatest encouragement of all, of course, is to acknowledge that Jesus is real. Jesus is Savior. Jesus is with us. And I talk about, you know, when I was growing up, people were preachers were always saying, well, bring people to the Lord. But I wasn't told how. And so in this chapter, I talk about how. And it's to the ABCC to acknowledge that he is real. And just to acknowledge our sins and that he takes away the sins of the world, to believe in him to confess our sins, and then to just be committed to trying to serve him. And I love in my church when we do have communion, pastor says that this is the table for those who love Jesus and want to love him more. Because it's a process. We don't just say, wow, I got it all now. Go away, world, because I know it all. No, we know a little bit about him, and we grow, and we know that he is real. And and I say it repeatedly. We do not pray to air, so we need to be talking to him. Truly, the greatest encouragement of all comes from him. The greatest encouragement. Thank you so much. And you end that by saying, truly, we live in a pitiful world that desperately needs a smile, a friendly touch, or a kind word. Yes, our encouragement can make a difference in the daily challenges we all face. But encouragement can also make a difference for eternity. And that's the real power to change your life. And with that, Sandra Aldridge, I just want to thank you so much. And again, thank you for changing my life with encouragement 20 some years ago when you looked at me and gave me that nod that said, you can. And I will always remember that just as you were spoken to as a, as a little girl, you spoke to me as a, as a young woman trying to find my way in, in this life and, and what God would have me to do. And I am forever thankful for you and your words that redirected my life. So Friend, thank you so much for this hour. I appreciate it so much, and I love you beyond words. Oh, I love you too, Kim. You have encouraged me. Well, and hopefully this day has encouraged many. So I'll be I'll be in touch with you soon, and I love you. Thank you so much. And to our listeners, I just want to thank you again for joining us. And I want you to listen and repeat and and um, ponder the thoughts that Sandra has given to each of us, to all of us today. And I want you to listen to what you're thinking about. When you go out into your world today and you look at someone and you think, oh, what a beautiful smile that person has, think about what Sandra said. You can make that person feel visible, feel seen again just by saying what you're thinking. Remember, unspoken words have never encouraged anyone. So speak those words today. Sandra reminded us today that your words could actually be God's words spoken to them through you. What a powerful thought. Thank you, Coffee Friends, so much for joining us. We'll see you again next week. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, Sandra. Goodbye, Sandra. To learn more about Kim's books, teaching materials, or to invite Kim to speak at your event, 
please visit kimcrable.com. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, to learn more, please visit kimcrable.com.